What keeps you going? Where do you get your motivation? Whether you just want to be the best you can be or the best there ever was, we're here to keep you inspired. Conversations with today's top fitness influencers, coaches, athletes, and bodybuilding professionals. This is Inspired Fitness. Here's your host, Sean Futerer. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Fitness Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, IFBB Pro, Kimberly Helm, along with our very special guest, Elizabeth Ayler. Elizabeth has a degree in kinesiology, and she's a holistic nutritionist and GAPS practitioner, as well as strength training and total body healing specialist. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Thank you both for having me today. Yeah, really glad to have you here. This has been a conversation that I, I know for, for a fact Kim has been long anxious to have. So let's jump into it. You know, Elizabeth, you know, you're pretty popular in the fitness space, but why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background? So I would say a little simplified version of it is my story actually started when I was 13 years old and I was in school and I bumped into a girl one day and she always had lice and it really triggered for me OCD. The next day I wouldn't go back to school. I ended up having to be homeschooled. My mom didn't know what to do. I got on antidepressants. I was in therapy and it was, it was so bad. And that one year on that medication, I gained over 50 pounds. I hated myself. I had no confidence. I felt horrible. I didn't even want to go out. And it took me a few years to kind of get over that. What ended up happening is that was like the beginning start of my fitness journey. I got to a place a few years later where I went back to school and I started more of a vegetarian diet. I started losing the weight and I started getting compliments. I felt better. But what I didn't realize is that my journey actually turned into an eating disorder. So I started, I went to a nutritionist. She didn't want to put me on a diet. So I'm like, okay. She said, you're too young. You're only 13. So I just started, okay, let's go special K. Let's go zero calorie water. And then I started losing weight. My clothes fitted. I started feeling confident, but I couldn't stop that. I went from being 180 pounds. I got down to being 90 pounds. And that was kind of my, my low, I would say. From there, I think it's because I'm that type of person that I am more of a, like a, because of that OCD, I have a perfectionist kind of, how can we be better? How can we always be improving? So I'm like, okay, maybe I can improve my diet more. I tried it all. I ended up going raw vegan, fruitarian. And within a few months, I woke up one day and I looked six months pregnant. I figured out that I ended up having 15 types of parasites, H. pylori, SIBO, I've had over a hundred colonics. I've been to healing centers when I was going through college while getting my degree in kinesiology, all of that. And on top of that, I was running marathons with my dad. So I was in this place where I was trying to heal my body. I spent over seven years trying to heal my body. And I went just, you name it. I have histamine issues. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I would have to take tons of laxatives, still not go. I was down to three foods that wouldn't cause me to have my whole body itching and have histamine issues um, with my nose running. And I didn't know what to do. Every day I woke up, I just was, I was burnt out. I was run down. I had no energy to move and I didn't know what to eat. So I took everything into my own hands. I started my bodybuilding journey. I spent eight years building my metabolism up to over 6,000 calories. I was 180 pounds again. And I told myself I wouldn't go into a, caloric deficit until I loved myself at whatever weight it was. So I was 180. I was lifting with the men. I was pulling the hundred pound dumbbell for my rows. I was, 
I felt so amazing. And then that's when I went on my cut. I lost the weight to my physique where I am today. And then on top of that, I completely took my health into my own hands and I became obsessed with hormone health. I became obsessed with gut health. I got my whole gut healed. I got rid of the H. pylori, all of that. I want to throw in here, while so many of your listeners and so many people, they may be on their health journey and they think that everything is always that uphill battle. It's never linear, as you guys know, and there's always obstacles that we face and it's how we overcome them. So when I thought I was better, I ended up, when COVID hit, the stress hit and everything came back. H. pylori, parasites and hormone issues, all of that. So I had to take another look at it hit back at it. And now I'm two years of just completely no parasites, feeling amazing and just feeling my best self, but nothing's linear when it comes down to it and hormones too. That just sounds like an amazingly difficult journey to go through to figure out kind of the root causes. Before we talk about gut health, tell me a little bit about how how you got into the right mindset to deal with this, right? Because I, I know just from the little bit that we've spoken in your bio that, you know, this was a cause of depression for a period of time. Like, what does it take to get in the right mindset? A big thing that I see with not just me, with a lot of my clients is that when I was on my journey of wanting to build my body, wanting to overcome all of the health obstacles, when I had that mindset of nothing worked in the past for me, no doctor was able to help me. I'm not gonna get better. I'm broken forever. I can't do this. That's the mindset that I kept having reactions to food. I felt so bad. When I got to that mindset of, okay, this is going to be, <laughs> I, I have set myself like a 90 day goal. I'm like, you know what? This is my game plan. I am healing. I am going to give myself, make myself the best program and tell myself every day that I am healing. I am getting better and this is going to work. And when you have the mindset of positivity and you believe in the plan, I think that's the key part because there's so many different plans and diets out there and it can be confusing and it could almost make people feel more stressed, throw off their hormones and make them kind of go in the opposite direction. So it's really about number one, just finding someone that could help you that not only you believe in, but you have to believe in the plan because when you're stressed about your health and you're stressed about, is this gonna work? It doesn't work. And then yeah. also you have to know, you have to believe in yourself and know that you're gonna get better because if you don't trust your process and you don't think you can get better, that mindset, that's the reason why it took me so long to heal. And I truly believe that that stress and that mindset and everything that happened again, that's that's what throws people in that backwards. Yeah. Kim, this for me, this kind of sparks a little bit of recollection on the conversation we had with Dr. Jenna just a few weeks ago. The answer isn't always in our medical system, right? Doctors get into a very specialist type of practice and they see things through a very particular lens and they might miss the bigger picture of what you're dealing with. It sounds to me like you had to do a ton of research on your own to figure out what was going to be your best solution. That's absolutely correct. I feel like every doctor that I went to and I name it, I kind of joke around sometimes because first off, I'm so grateful to have such incredible parents. I feel like they spent another college degree on all of my <laughs> medical bills with all the doctors I went to. You probably could feel the same way Kim over here. You know, the things add up, but I almost say that every doctor that I went to, it just, it really kind of pushed me to do my own research. But I think the big thing is every doctor I went to, they took my symptoms and they went to their book and they're like, okay, 
if you possibly have SIBO, we would put you on this medication. They don't talk about how that kills your good and bad bacteria. They don't talk about diet. They just say go low FODMAP. And so many people get pushed into this bucket of cutting everything out of their diet and then getting stuck there. And then they never replenish. So they kill off all the bad bacteria. They kill off all the good bacteria. They're stuck on a low FODMAP diet. They feel better but then they're afraid to ever add anything back in because as soon as they do, they never replenished their gut, worked on the underlying causes, the stress, you know, our gut microbiome, and then they react. So they get stuck in this elimination diet and they start getting nutritional deficiencies and then everything kind of just gets stagnant there. So the doctors, I feel like, I love doctors, they're great out there, but I feel like sometimes when you go to them, you're kind of get pushed into their book and their bucket and they don't truly educate you on what you need to do to not just address the symptom and the cause, but actually get down to the root cause and heal your body so that you're able to get that long-term health and longevity. What do you think, Kim, between what Elizabeth has described and what we heard from Dr. Jenna, are medical practitioners too quick to medicate and not treat the full full spectrum of, of issue? Yeah, I think in general, and I'll say from a very broad stroke of the brush, right? I think for the most part, that is the case that I think it's a, we've come to this point in our society where we are so populated with so many humans on the planet, right? And there's so many people who are now at this point in time with the technology age that we have dealing with so many more problems than we had 50 years ago. Like I was talking to my dad the other day, bless him. He's 93 years old. He's turned 93 and I love chatting with him. He's great. He'll tell me how the world operates. (laughs) But you know, he was telling me about when he was a kid and he said, you know, we didn't go to the doctor ever. Like, unless he goes, I did not go to see a doctor until I went to the military. And back then, you know, they poured kerosene on everything, you know, like you scrape yourself, pour some kerosene on it, it'll be fine. You know, but we're in a role today with today's planet where we have so many people going for what they think are health issues that are physical, that are really being stemmed from mental capacity and a mental stress load that's affecting the body. And some people think that I have, you know, I have this issue or I have that issue. And a lot of times it starts in the head and then develops into physical symptoms. And it's hard to tell which one is which. And so I will say this, I do think that there are some great doctors that are out there, but it is like, I compare it to when I get my mail in the mailbox every day, 99% of what comes to my mailbox is junk mail. And then about 1% is something that I'm really interested in, that that is something that I'm really looking for. And that's kind of how it is when it comes to looking for a doctor. It's a needle in a haystack. You have to really go through and figure out the right person who's not only good at what they do, but who matches your personality, who's willing to listen and take time with you. And I went through a lot of doctors and I found a, a good one who I do blood work every six months. And he gets on the phone with me. We do a Zoom call. I could go in person if I wanted to. We do a Zoom call for an hour. He spends an hour with me, which is more than most doctors spend. And we go through every single item and blood work. How am I feeling? How's how's this working? How's that working? And he wants an open conversation to see it's not only about the numbers on the page, but how are you feeling? And I think a lot of doctors who have very busy schedules where they're great when they first open their business, but then they get so many people and so many patients in that they're having to turn them over so fast that they have to jump to a, let's just get this handled quickly and out the door methodology. And I think that's where things kind of fall apart. 
so Elizabeth, so you you started down this journey. You're getting you're you know you're getting medical advice. You're going to all these different doctors trying to get to the root cause of your symptoms, and you've started collecting all this information. And we know some portion of that's good information, some portion of that's bad information based on your personal need. How did you start down the path of like collecting those those bits of one percent from each doctor to come up with the plan that now works for you? So, like I said, I'm kind of that type of person. If I don't feel good. I want to feel better. So I'm a reader. I'm an educator. I listen to podcasts. I read like 60 books last year on gut and hormone health. So I would probably do what the worst thing is, is I would have a symptom and I would start researching. I would start looking at different diets out there. I believe that there's so much information, like there's 30,000 different books on diets alone out there. There's keto, there's carnivore, there's vegan, there's raw vegan. And I used to be so dogmatic on how clean we can get that diet. I would say when I didn't feel good, I took the biggest thing that was always my gut, the bloating, the digestive issues. So I would find all the top people out there in the holistic stream. I would look for just different maybe wellness events. I would look for just different books on gut health, probiotics. And I would just start reading, taking how I felt, learning things about histamine reactions, learning things about, you know, should you add probiotics? And if you have SIBO, what type? And just educating trial and error and giving my body time to see if there was a reaction and how I felt. I think it was just basically eight years of just reading, trying, seeing what worked, and then also learning from my clients as well, because everything that I've gone through, I worked with over 800 women. And last year, a hundred of them alone came to me with like 12 inches of their colon removed and replaced with titanium. Here, lax, duplex, chronic pain. And the doctor says, you're going to be not able to go to the bathroom, bloated and feeling like crap the rest of your life. And I mean, in four weeks, I had this lady post-menopause losing weight. Our thyroid antibodies disappeared within a few months of getting rid of the parasites, the use of the bacteria. And she was off the Miralax, Ducalax, having regular bowel movements within one week. Everybody's body is different. And it's yeah. about like, do they have a sensitivity to this? Where is that? And how can we really expand their diet and figure out what the root causes versus just restrict everything, cut everything out? I like listening to what you're saying. And I really like that you're telling this story over this wasn't a fix for you in a matter of days or months. It was years. It was years that you put effort into this. And I think, you know, the biggest challenge we have when we're talking about doctors today and how they react and everything is medicine, you know, and I, and I do think that's the case. It's because when you do it right, when you figure out what works for your body and what doesn't, you can only change one thing at a time. Because if you change two or three things at a time, you don't know which one is contributing to, you know, to, to the effect. So the hard part is that if you have 20 things that you have to experiment with and you can only change one at a time and that one has to be done for a certain amount of time, it takes months in order to be able to cross something off the list or find out something that works for you. You know, it's just, and because it takes so much time, I think that factor alone is not tolerable for many of the doctors today because you're not talking to somebody that frequently. You're not going back to them every single month to figure out what's going on. I like that you talk about the time that it takes to really be able to dive into it and to explore it. And not everybody has that time. Not everybody has the understanding and the bandwidth to be able to look up the research and go, you know, let me listen to all these things and read all these books. You're self-educated, which I have a, a lot of respect for. And I and I do the same. Sean and I talked about all the podcasts that are out there that we love listening to. And some of them have great content, but you have to really figure out 
it could easily be overwhelming, I'm sure. So when you did it, Elizabeth, when you went through it, I'm curious, how did you go about not getting overwhelmed by all the volume of resources that are out there? And how did you figure out which ones to go to? That's literally a great question because I'm not going to lie here and say I didn't. I had days where I was on the phone with my parents and I was, I looked six months pregnant and I was in the car and I was going to University of Tennessee and I was in the car <laughs> thinking I was never going to heal. I was, I did the medication route. The parasites came back. I did it eight times and they kept coming back to age. So I felt frustrated. I felt like I was never going to get better. Like I told you that mindset. When I switched that mindset, everything came together. That was like a big kind of trigger for me. But I would say not feeling overwhelmed. I have, you're going to laugh at me. I actually have food sensitivity journals and everything. And I would just start off. That's with one beautiful. Thing. I love that. Most people don't take the time to write. It's wonderful. <laughs> I would create like a, a 90 day little game yes. plan. Um, yes. I took everything that I learned and I ended up kind of creating more of like a four or protocol as a way of, I was like, okay. If I cut this out, if I add a new food in, it takes up to four days for your body to actually have a reaction to a food. So you see all these people, we all want this fast fix of how can I just heal my gut fast, get rid of the bloating and add all the food in fast. Right. But if you add in two or three foods in a day, you have, you could take four days later, have a reaction to that food. So it's really about like with my clients, I take everything that I learned in those eight years, I push it into 12 weeks. I, number one, I get down to the root cause. What is it? Do we need to do testing? Do we have parasites, mold, hormone imbalances, thyroid issues? Because all of that is linked to our metabolism, to fat loss, to anxiety, depression. If your gut don't feel good, oh my God, my anxiety was through the roof when I had that. We get down to that root cause, then we remove to get the inflammation down. Then we add things in and I added in in a strategic way based off of their like histamine levels, how we're reacting. We get our bowels moving, so we're moving things out because you never want to be stagnant and have that bacteria and everything fermenting. And then we start adding things in, seeing where they are. Then we get the hormones balancing. Then we add in the probiotic. I was overwhelmed for most of my journey until I really kind of got down to, I am going to heal. So it probably took me those eight years to learn everything to get that less overwhelmed, but I was overwhelmed so much. And I imagine, I imagine part of that feeling overwhelmed is, is there's a lot of contradictory research and advice out there on just about any topic. So for every good thing you read, there's something that, you know, counteracts that. And, you know, maybe it took eight years because you had to literally go through which is, which is the good and which is the, the not so good for you. Yeah. And I feel like too, a lot of us are extremists. So we'll see something. So say we're not feeling good. We're going to Google it. And then we're going to see, okay, gut health. What can we do for gas and loading? We're going to do probiotics. We're going to do kombucha. We're going to do all these fermented things. And then we go overboard and we try to change every part of our diet, add in all these gut healing foods, but we don't realize that all of the information out there, it's not individualized to you. So a lot of people with probiotics and with like the kombucha and stuff, if they're histamines or they have the SIBO, the imbalance of the good and bad bacteria in the gut, then that could actually cause more issues. So then they're adding all these gut foods and all of this, but because it's not for them and they don't know what that root cause is, and they're over here self-diagnosing without getting to that root cause, they end up feeling worse. And then they just feel like they're stuck and then they... They don't know what to do from there. And that could be overwhelming to people because there's just too much information. 
earlier on, you kind of mentioned too that kind of going through this process, right? It had a it had a pretty significant effect on you as a woman on your hormone levels, and I imagine that affects your your temperament and attitude and your mindset on a variety of things. And you had to work pretty hard to keep that all aligned with your with your goal, stay on track. That couldn't have been easy. Absolutely not. A little side story here is I actually started my Instagram for me. I started it day one. If you scroll all the way down to that first post, I was 90 pounds and I started it to keep myself accountable from overcoming my eating disorder. I posted every day talking, showing like the videos because I'm not that selfie girl. I'm more like beast mode girl. And I just posted every day of, you know, this is what I do with my workout. I've did my set there. I'm squatting. And that's how I built my following. People followed me on my staying accountable every day, posting my flex picture. I had days where I looked in that mirror on that eight-year journey when I was gaining the weight and getting stronger. And I remember calling my mom saying, I'm fat, I'm getting fat. And I was literally probably the same weight I am right now, but different body composition, of course. I had that mindset of like, I'm gaining weight, I'm fat, I hate myself. And it really did take those eight years A lot of people come to me and we're so obsessed with the scale. Is the scale changing every day? I let that run my life. And I would say like my biggest advice for people out there that are struggling with similar things to me in terms of the mindset with the number on the scale and really being kind of obsessed with it and that eating disorder kind of mentality, the lifting and the bodybuilding allowed me to, instead of obsessing about the number on the scale, If I was hitting a PR in that gym, a personal best, and I was getting stronger, I'm like, how am I getting stronger at the gym and getting fat? Not possible. If you're getting stronger, you're building muscle, you're transforming your body. So I just fell in love with getting stronger in the gym. And that was, I think, the biggest thing that allowed me to let go of the calories and, you know, am I eating too much food and what that number looks like? Because I'm like, I'm getting strong. I'm stronger than the men. I have to be building. And then eight years in, I'm over here deadlifting like 300 and something pounds. And I'm, I call my very, very first coach because I only had one for like a few months in the beginning. I'm like, if you were to look at me right now, do you think I have enough muscle on me if I cut down to look, to look strong and beast mode? And they're like, you're at 6,000 calories. You're lifting this. You've been building like, come on, let's go. And then because I built my metabolism, I was able to do it in a way that's sustainable. Because that's another point with so many people. They're at this 1,000, 1,200 calories and they want to lose weight and they want to do more cardio and they want to keep cutting their calories, but they don't understand, especially by women over 40 that carry menopause is correct to be post-menopause. All of this stuff, additional, you know, low calories, doing one or two meals a day, having additional stressors, not sleeping good. Then we have thyroid issues. This increases the inflammation. You're going to be storing that for eating water, not sleeping good. And you're not going to lose that weight at all. You've got to spend the time. I add food in with my clients. I back down training. We're building muscle and they actually start losing fat. It's that inflammation and everything in the body. So how do you go through the process of assessing a client's needs? Awesome. So every client of mine, so I actually do something called my 90 day transformation challenge. And then I also work with clients one-on-one for gut healing as well. And I do that over a 12 week period. And for every person, I never put my information out there for someone just to sign up to work with me. I hop on a call with everyone. I go through all their struggles. I share with them how I work with my clients and my approach, because like I told you, 
it's not about me being the right fit for you. It's about us being the right. If you don't believe in my process and you don't trust me, you're not going to get results and I'm not going to take the money from you. So when we hop on a call, I have a very in-depth questionnaire, which they have to fill out before the call. And it's very intensive. I'm like, if you're filling it out, you're, you know, you're ready to transform. And then I ask them a bunch of questions. I share with them how it is. And then if someone comes to me and they're not doing like a lot of training and everything, I just don't go from one extreme to my next. I customize everything to my clients. I look at their training. I look at how many days per week we're doing. Do we have muscle imbalances in the body? Do we have injuries? What equipment do we have? Because I want to build my clients where they're strong, they're confident, they're correcting imbalances in the body, and I get them in and out of the gym in under an hour. So I believe in like fast, effective workouts for my clients. And then that nutrition side, I teach my clients everything that they need to know in terms of if we, how to manage cravings, how to eat, when to eat, the foods to eat, how to build their meals. We talk about gut health, hormones, because I want them at the end of those 12 weeks to be able to go on vacations, have holidays, go eat out with friends, travel, and not have to be dependent on tracking calories, think that they have to go on these yo-yo diets. So I customize their macros and I teach them everything that they need to know. So 12 weeks, they're able to go on vacations and do all these things, but sustain their results you have the confidence in the mental mindset shift. And then with my clients too, is I'm an open communicator. So anything mental that's going on, I have clients on Xanax, going through traumas, hormone amounts, thyroid issues. We work on time blocking to help manage our schedules. If we're struggling to hit something, because I work with a lot of busy, busy moms too. You know, how can we come up with easy meal options for you? Things that are simple. And I feel like simplicity is key. We think we need to complicate things. We think we need to buy a ton of produce and then it goes bad. We think we need to go keto and extreme. It's about balance of everything in our life. Getting our body back to that state of homeostasis, calming our nervous system down. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, they're like, not only do I see the changes, they're like, you transform my life because I actually love myself now. I'm curious to get Kim's response to this because she's a big believer in personalizing the client experience, right? A lot of these online, you know, coaches that put you through some templated, you know, experience. It's, it's a bunch of trash. And Kim's got some pretty, uh, <laughs> some pretty intense views on this. I'm excited to hear them. I really am. I'm not an app girl either. <laughs> it is hard, even for the people who are educated like you and me sometimes to see through what's real and what isn't, you know, and it's, there are so many studies that are done that reverse, you know, I just, Sean and I were just exchanging some little memes that we were laughing at the other day, you know, and, and there are so many studies out there where people are like, oh, eat this, it's wonderful. No, don't eat that. You know, like a week later, no, study says don't eat that one. You, know? <laughs> you have all these things that come out and Dr. Jenna was talking about this too, where, you know, you believe when they, when they, the public, when media says, hey, do this or don't do that. And there are studies that say this, you, you tend to believe that, okay, there are educated people who are giving these, these guidelines. So this must be legitimate. Let me try it. You know, and it's, it's not always the case. And sometimes there's political, you know, political incentives that are involved. And there's a lot that's going on, but at the end of the day, to, to find someone who puts the time in for you, because as cheesy as it is, no two people are the same. I mean, even if you are downright twins, 
everybody on the planet has a fingerprint for their personality, for their history, for what they've gone through mentally when they were, what their child development was like has everything to do with what their body and mentality is like as an adult. And, you know, you have to know a lot. It gets very personal. And Elizabeth, I'm sure you get very, very personal with your clients, you know, to the point of knowing things that a lot of people would feel awkward, you know, like I'm, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and we were talking about how often, how many times a day do you poop? You know, like, we're like, is this normal friendship conversation? Yes, because we love each other. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but these are things that are pertinent. Like, okay, your menstrual cycle should be regular. It should happen on a regular frequency that says your body's healthy. Your poop cycle should be regular. That should happen on a regular frequency. You know, going to the bathroom two to three times a day is healthy. Only going once a week, that's something I would look into, you know? So there's a lot that goes on there and you have to know emotionally where somebody's at. You have to know physically where somebody's at and make the goals that are small enough that they're achievable achievable, so that they don't scare them away right up front and it's not overwhelming. And that sounds like that's all stuff you cater to, right? Absolutely. I, I even ask my clients, I'm like, okay, were we a C-section? Were we bottle fed? When did our mom hit menopause? What color is your stool? I, I feel you, babe. I ask every single thing like that. But those things, honestly, those are the biggest things when it comes down to getting down to that root cause that we talked about. Because it's just like when, like when someone comes for fat loss, they think they're coming to me for fat loss. But what it comes down to is we fix the gut, we fix the hormones, we're addressing the thyroid, the sleep and everything. The fat loss comes with the health. If you don't have the health, sometimes you're going to get to a place where people are like, why am I getting older? And then all of a sudden I have all these health issues. It's not just because they poof appeared. It's because of throughout our life, if we're C-section, then if we're get a stressor, then our diet, then maybe we have a trauma, then we take antibiotics. That just doesn't replenish the good bacteria. And it's over our lifetimes, these things are pushing us. It's like a a mountain. They push us closer to that edge. There's that one thing that puts you off, hanging off. And we have to take all the steps back to get the inflammation down. And that's where our health comes back. And that's when your body transforms. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. And and Sean, you were in football. You were in football, right? Were you in football in high school or college? No, soccer was my sport. Soccer was your sport. Okay. When we think about, well, this is this is aging. We're having all these problems because we're getting older. Well, not necessarily. Like the aging comes when you get comfortable and you stop doing the things that you know how to do. When you start going, I've been through life this many years. I deserve this food. I deserve not having to go to the gym today. I deserve more, you know, it's, it's not that you don't deserve it. You absolutely deserve wonderful things, but there are certain things that are not an option when it comes to your health. And when you're in high school and junior high and in college, chances are you're involved in some kind of sport or some kind of athleticism and, and you're encouraged to do, you know, you have PE classes in school and you're encouraged to move more. When we stop moving, when we start spending 10 hours a day in a chair doing, you know, either working virtually or going to the corporate office and we don't get to move that much. And now we're trying to hurry up and grab meals on business dinners and, or you're grabbing something on the go. And it's very time consuming to be prepared for that nutritionally. When we start sacrificing all those things, when life just happens, that's when we start seeing all these things that pop up. So it's not, and I had to have, you know, like I even, my my doctor held me accountable this morning when I talked to him about my blood work. Blood work is great for telling signs that are changing. You know, it's it's great to say, hey, your cortisol's off. Well, when your cortisol's off and your stress levels are high, that can mess up everything. 
you know, and everything you could be doing everything right. But if your environment is, is too stressful, your body's not going to react at its optimal potential, you know? So those factors are great to know just to be able to monitor it. So like for me, I take my blood work every six months just to stay on top of it. I do have hypothyroid. I do have, just just, just to escape my mind, you were just talking about with thyroidism, the extreme. Hashimoto's. Thank you, Hashimoto's. <laughs> Hashimoto's has been me for, since my early twenties. And, you know, I've learned how to do deal with it and bodybuilding nutrition happens to complement the diet plan for what works well with Hashimoto's. So it, it goes well, but all these little things, they come together and aging is, is something that really is large part mentality and a large part lack of preparation. When we get busy with our life, we grab towards yeah. the bars and the shakes and people think, oh, it's protein, it's protein. But the truth is, it's a lot of those bars, they're a little low in the protein, they're high in the sugar. And yeah. because a lot of the shakes are void of all the fiber, you're not having all of the good prebiotics, the pre and the probiotics to help replenish the gut and that thermogenic effect of food too. So it's like, you're going to have that shake and you're going to be hungry soon. But now if you're eating that meal, that protein, then you're having some vegetables, getting the fiber in, you're going to feel satiated. You're not going to have cravings. Your stomach's going to feel better. It's not about, it's like so many people go towards that convenience, but that convenience sometimes makes you not feel your best self and your metabolism run its best self because you're not fueling it properly. And so it sounds like just from listening to the two of you talk and what little bit I know about gut health. It sounds like the majority of the problem can be solved in the kitchen. And then the fitness aspect that follows on is really for the mental health. Keep yourself accountable, feel better physically, get stronger. But the real work is what you do with food. I think it's kind of a mix of both. I think when, if you have a lot of gut issues, if your gut feels better, to me, when my gut was messed up, my anxiety, my depression, everything was at its height. When I started looking and figuring out what my food sensitivities were and what worked best for my body and started healing my gut, my anxiety went down, my sleep went better, my hormones started balancing. The training to me, I think it's a lot of us with gut issues. I feel like we're those kind of obsessive, perfectionist type quality that love working out. That's like our daily kind of grind that we go to in a sense. Yeah. I think it's like a blend, a blend of everything. Yeah. Well, Kim, she was my trainer for quite some time. Well, we met before that, but you know, that's how we really started this process, yeah. right? And she would always get on me because I don't like to take rest days. Now, I, I don't go 100% on seven days a week, right? But I'll take a couple of days and, and do something light or less or focus on more cardio. But that's for me, that's the mental health piece of it, right? I need that piece of my morning to, to feel right. And then she would get on to me because I don't do so well with the food. You know, overall, he, he says that. It's not like he's eating McDonald's 10 times a day. He eats pretty good. He just, you know, he just has to have some availability for some options for indulging sometimes, you know. And that's I like a, that. That's okay. Options. <laughs> See how delicately I'm so yeah, right now? <laughs> yes, I'll take my options, please. <laughs> when I was listening to you talk a second ago, Elizabeth, about... You know, I like that you said that there's a little bit of both of those things. You know, Sean's asking about nutrition and training and how those two things balance out. And it's different for different people. But I think overall, I try to look at blood flow in your body kind of like when you put gasoline in a car. So if you have gas that's flowing through into the engine, but there's something that's slowing down, if you have, you know, pebbles or debris or dirt, and it's slowing down that gas that gets the engine, your car's not going to run right. And to me, blood flow is very much the same. When you get out and start moving your body, 
when your heart rate goes up, when you start moving, you're getting that blood flow. It's healthier for your organs. Your organs need that. It is a requirement. It's not optional. In order to maximize the length of time that you live, you have to keep your body utilizing all of its strengths. And so like, that's kind of how, like, I, I'm a very visual person. I have to kind of figure out how things work. And so for me, that's like how I visualize it. When you don't use your car, when it sits in the driveway and you're gone for weeks on end, you're hoping that it runs, that it starts up the next time, you know? So it's kind of like that with the body with, with moving and cardio is great. Getting out and moving is great for heart function. Moving weight that's more than your body weight purposefully, right? Is where it's at for building and maintaining muscle. And then I, that's why I, I like your mindset on that. Cause it sounds like, cause I know you're like me, like you love to get in there and lift and move some weight and oh, yeah. the same way. He likes to get in there and, you know, like really get down on the weights and get in it, get, you know, get grimy with it. And, and it's fun. It's not fun for everybody. I respect that. I get it. But for us, it's a really good time. If it's not a really good time for your clients, when they come to you, I'm curious, how do you direct them to encourage them to train when for them, it's not as enjoyable as, as it is for us three. I love it. So with all of my clients, when I do that initial poll, I ask them, you know, what are you doing right now? What do you love to do? Because my whole goal is I want to take what my clients love and then what I know will help them get their results and blend the two together so that they are able again to get that sustainability. So if I have a client that comes to me and they love having some of their Pilates workouts in once in a while, but they don't want to go to the gym or they want to train at home, I'm not going to say, okay, well, you have to do this. You got to do seven days a week. We're going to do bodybuilding split. I will do something like if someone's just doing yoga right now and loves to have yoga and maybe I'll bring them to a three-day full body split, customize it to them at home so we're able to get enough volume in, but not overdoing it so they're able to recover and get, you know, have consistent workouts. But then I'll throw in what they love to do. I work with Ironman athletes. I work with you know, crossfitters, I have people do orange theory, I have spinners, like you name it. So I like to take what they love, take what they have. But if they're doing like, you know, running 60 miles a week, and they want to be a bodybuilder over here. I'm like, okay, we kind of got to figure this out. So if someone comes to me on that end, and they have races and things in the future, because I do have my CSCS, I like to kind of set things in periodization. So I'll have them they're on season or focused on having our maintenance, the full body unilateral movements so that they're able to recover from the strain, maintain the muscle while we focus on the speed work and the training. And then once they do the race, we bring the volume down, we keep the sprints, we keep the cardiovascular endurance, we work on our turnover while we increase our strength training so we have our building phase. So it's just about, like you said, again, always customizing it to the clients, but I think it's take what they love, take what you know is going to help benefit them and then blend the two together so that they're able to get that sustainability and not have extremes. I like that approach. And you, you said a buzzword for me in, in there, you know, talking about recovery. I'd love to know what you kind of turn to for, you know, recovery practice. Is there, is there something in general that you like, or are you looking at specific like athletic talent or athletic specialties for the different recovery methods? So I used to be the person, like I said, I would train fasted. I never would get any body work done. I hated stretching, had every foam roller, but never used it. And last year I ended up in my hammock in the back. It actually collapsed. I fell on it. I almost broke my back. And it was that kind of like turning phase of, you know, Elizabeth, you need to start investing into your recovering your health. So right now I actually 
I found a chiropractic place. I'm getting regular chiropractic adjustments twice a week. That has helped me tremendously. It's about finding the right person. I even like once a month, I go for a body work and I found a guy recently and I've been going to him like every few weeks just to kind of take care of myself. Because if I'm training hard in the gym, if we're lifting heavy in the gym, our muscles are contracting. People go, I have knee pain, I have back pain. Well, you know, these muscles have origins and insertions. So if you're squatting a lot and you're not stretching and your quads get tight, they're going to be pulling on your knee. If your hamstrings are tight, it's going to pull on your low back. So if you're feeling aches and pains and not good, but you're not willing to stretch or find that one type of body work that works for you, you have to take care of your body. If you train hard, you got to recover harder. And then also, I always make sure, like I drill this in my clients, I do pre and post-workout. I do fast digesting carbohydrate with my protein. So I'm able to, number one, have the fuel to train when I am, because if you're training fasted, and even if you're on a caloric deficit, you don't want to be burning through your own muscle. You want to maintain that on the deficit. And then I always make sure to have that good again, um, fast digesting carb and the protein afterwards so that I'm able to stop that muscle breakdown and start repairing and recovery. But I was that person, like most of us, is we save our calories toward the end of the day. You know, we're in a constant run and grind. You have to start putting you first. My mom told me we could get hit by a bus tomorrow. We're going to die with our money. So, you know, spend a little bit of time and implement maybe one day a week of doing something to treat you, something that's going to make your body and make you feel better. What would your fast-absorbing carb be pre-workout? I'm asking simply because there's a trend going on social media right now about people eating Rice Krispies before, before they work out. Well, I don't do the Rice Krispies. I need, I need to get on TikTok and see that trend. Um, I, I Rice Krispies do, and Sour Patch Kids. I don't know what's going on, but that's the thing, I think. I don't think my gut would be that happy with the colors in those Sour Patch Kids. I'm a big fan of First Form. I do their post-workout, their vegan one because my throat closes with dairy, I'm allergic to it. So I don't do whey protein or dairy. And I use their ignition, which is their fast digesting carbohydrate. Or if I'm a simple girl, if I'm training later in the day, it could be something as simple as fruit. Whole food is the easy source that people could just make us a smoothie with protein and a little bit of fruit. And that's easy. We don't have to overcomplicate it sometimes. Apple is another little source or here, or if you want to do like your potatoes or your white rice, simple. Yeah. Yeah. Do you generally give people a time window? You know, eat your pre-workout meal and then work out within X amount of time. Yes. So I always say, you know, people bring their protein shakes to the gym. I say, try to have your pre and post-workout nutrition within three to four hours. So if you don't like to train with a heavy stomach, have a light meal, you know, or an hour later, go train. And then within that first meal, within three, four hours later, have that second meal. So that you have the amino acids and then you're recovering as well. We don't have we don't have to be so like people sometimes take things to an extreme and they think when they're on these journeys, they have to be so on point with I can't leave the gym without my supplements. When it comes down to it, you gotta work on the nutrition on the course of the whole day. You gotta work on the recovery, the gut health. Then you could really dial into the meal timing and all of that. We gotta take it one step at a time. Now, Kim, you're you're like me. You are an early morning. And then by early for her, I mean like 4.35 a.m. Early morning person in the gym. Are, are you taking any, any sustenance in before your workouts? I do. So if I'm training early, for, well, regardless if I'm training or not, first thing in the morning, as soon as my feet hit the floor, 
I get hungry right away. So it's been a whole night of what I would call like fasting for the night, right? Because you're sleeping, you're not getting any food intake. So first thing in the morning, and I'm not saying you should always have to eat every time you're hungry, because that's not the case. But if I know I'm going to have several hours in the gym first thing in the morning due to training and clients, I will do a protein shake first thing in the morning. I won't do a full-on meal. I will save my full-on meal. So let's say I get up at 4, I'm at the gym by 4.30, I'm, I'm downing my shake on my way or before I leave to go to the gym. So it gives it about 30 minutes or so. Then I do my workout and then I do my post-workout full meal of real food. I try not to do more than one shake a day because I believe that whole food is much better than any shake you could possibly get. Shake is more of a last resort kind of thing, but it helps me get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of protein, a little bit of sustenance in before I get going. I love that you said that, by the way, I tell my clients, I'm like, no more than two scoops of protein a day. And I want three whole food meals. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Food. Yeah. If you can, I mean, if you can skip out on, if you can get away with doing real food, always, that is always, always the best. I'm in, totally in alignment on that. I love that, Kim. Yeah. But you got me thinking, I, so I've been doing fasted workouts for a couple of months now just to see, right, what, what result I get from that. And I'm thinking now it's maybe time to add back in protein and fruit before before my workouts in the morning. Sean, try it. Yeah, trial and error is a thing, but also too, it's like it depends on the person. Like I'm a lean individual, so I don't want to be burning through any of my muscle. Now right. you take some that, you know, maybe is has some more weight to lose and stuff. There may be some benefits. So it's just trying and seeing what works best for you and how you feel. I've got three points of body fat that I want to to lose, right? I'm I'm at about 15% right now and I want to get to 12. That's my idea of beach body lean. That's where I'd like to maintain. I tried fasted. I, you know, I still don't eat fully proper throughout the course of the day. So it's always going to be a little harder for me, but that's okay. I've accepted it. I would love to hear like if you, if you do that, Sean, and it's funny that you mentioned that I'm really, it's really ironic that y'all are bringing it up because when I was talking to my doctor this morning, he, we were talking about, cause we chit chat too, because he's an athlete also, which helps. This is a doctor I picked specifically because he's athletic and has a, has a mentality that we share, but he does fasted workouts and he's been doing it for years and it works well for him, which is, you know, it's not something that works well for me personally, but he loves it. He works great off of it. So Sean, try it with food or with a shake and see, you know, try, try fruit like Liz was suggesting. And then, you know, and then circle back to us and let us know how that went. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do it for like 30 days too. And yeah. maybe you do like a body scan before and see where you're at and just make a little journal and see each day how you're feeling. If you're feeling strong, maybe a weekend, your, your glycogen levels are depleted and you don't feel as strong. So yeah. like a cool little experiment. This Sean, is I have a, a Fit 3D at, my, at our studio. If you want to I know. I, that's what I was just going to say. This is one of the things that I'm jealous about. Kim trains in a private studio. You don't, you, nobody can walk in off the street. You have to have an appointment work with a trainer and she's got the full body scanner. Like, so she yeah. can get this stuff whenever she wants. I have to beg. <laughs> I'm sure we can negotiate like a coffee or something. Like we can make that happen. Nice. All right. Y'all heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> data is good. I'm a data girl. And it sounds Elizabeth, I know from your research that you're the same. Like I need to know you know, I know that not everything works for everybody and that, and, but data is, is a great tool to be able to tell what seems real and give something a try. Honestly, it really is. And it's like, I could go back five, six, seven years still on my, my fitness pal. I could look at a picture and be like, okay, the best here. What date was that? I go to my, I have my notes, my water, my foods I ate. 
Yeah, we should tag my fitness pal with this because I, I, I don't get anything for promoting them, but I'll tell you, I've been with them for years and years. I, my clients get on there for years. I can see what their what their nutrition plans are like, and it is the best place for whether you have macro diet or you know your specific specific with what your intake is for every meal. But it's it's an amazing thing to be able to go out there and add your comments in on, hey, I'm not feeling that great right now, or you know, here's where I'm at and here's what I'm eating, and to to compare year over year is is really amazing. I couldn't agree more. And they have too. Like I use Trainerize with my yeah, client. Yeah. And they have everything integrated. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome that they integrate. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Trainerize is great. Yeah. All right. We're gonna give them a call and see if they want to sponsor an episode. Let's do it. Well, listen, Elizabeth, we're coming to the end of our hour. I I just like to ask, how can people get in touch with you? Do you have any special offers going on? What can we do for folks? Oh my god, I love it. So I am on every single platform. I'm on YouTube. So if you want to learn more every Sunday, I have educational on hormones, gut health, post-menopause. I have my Instagram every single day I'm in there, TikTok. So any platform, Elizabeth Ayler Fitness, and you could send me over a DM with any questions. But my big exciting thing that's happening is January 1st, I am starting my 90-day transformation challenge for the new year. And I'm taking on a few select individuals. We're diving into gut health, hormones, and then it's truly a transformation. So right now I'm onboarding. So if anybody has tried every diet out there and you've just been yo-yoing back and forth and you don't know what to do and you need someone who really is going to customize it to you and get you feeling better and teach you, just send me over a DM on Instagram at Elizabeth Ayler Fitness say, ready. And if you send me ready, we'll hop on a call and I would love to just see you for that perfect fit. I just want to help people. I really believe that everything that I went through has allowed me to help and heal more people. And I'm grateful for all the struggles I went through because of that. And I will like sit here with a big smile on my face saying that because I believe we're all put here for a reason and mine is to heal as many people as possible. I love it. And let's sweeten that pot just a little bit. For anyone who goes through Elizabeth's transformation challenge, if you would like to come on this podcast and talk about your transformation journey, we would love to have you. I really want to say how, just thank you both for having me today. It really, really, I, I've been listening to you guys for a long time and it just really means a lot to be on this podcast with you both. And just thank you again. I'm grateful. Loved having you. Loved having you. Yeah. Great to have you here. Very inspiring story. Well, I appreciate the conversation. I'm certain we'll do more with you. In fact, you know, if we do get to a point where we do a a transformation episode with one of your clients, you of course have to be here for that. So we're not going to let you off the hook. For everyone else, join us again next time on the Inspired Fitness Podcast. Until then, we wish you a healthy mind, a healthy body, and healthy habits. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Inspired Fitness, leading you to a healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy habits. To stay inspired, visit us at inspiredfitness.net. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-D dot net. Until next time, stay inspired.